Well, good morning, church. Well, it's, uh, I'm glad that um, you're all here this morning. We have a, a very special guest. Uh, before I introduce him to come and give us the word, I wanted to acknowledge uh, what Rena and Natasha and Michelle and uh, Tracy and uh, Marcy did a wonderful job with our women's con- conference yesterday. Let's give them a big hand. Uh, there were over, I think, uh, 50 women total and some men that really were blessed by the conference and uh, the food. It was all really good. Um, and so we hope to do something like that again in the future and, and grow from there. Um, but we were excited. We had saw some old friends here. Well, right now, I'm um, going to introduce uh, our speaker today. Um, he's all the way from Magori, Kenya. That's where Cleone and I went uh, last year with Andre and Rina. Um, actually, Cleone went twice. Uh, it, we were in that area going to schools and, and, and speaking there. It's a wonderful place. And we we're very privileged to have a friend come all the way from Kenya. He came in earlier this week. It's Bishop uh, Amara, uh, Joshua Amara. And uh, we are very excited to have him come and share the word. And hopefully some of you would like to come with me in September. And Cleone too, right? Okay. <laughs> Back to Kenya. And maybe we go see him at his church and, and, and visit him or do some missions with them. So um, we're very excited to have our friend Pastor Amara here. Let's give him a big hand as he joins us. Uh, I, would, I would like to extend my greetings to you this morning in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we all say amen? amen. Uh, thank you for such a wonderful acceptance. And uh, uh, Pastor, I really appreciate the opportunity that you've given to me being that uh, it's the first time that we have encountered one another, but our spirit had connected. Beyond any shadow of doubt, I know that uh, God prepared something. These days, you know, the Lord put things on the table so that those who have the spirit to hear can hear what is saying to the saints. My names are Joshua Amara. Uh, actually, I have three names: Joshua Okinya Amara. The middle name that is my real name. The first name is a given name, and the last one is my father's name. So Okinya Amara. Okinya means I was born in the morning. So traditionally in Africa, they give people names as per the time they are born, and uh, when the missionaries came and uh, you convert to Christianity, uh, they also give you a name. That means that you have been converted from those uh, other names to now a new name because you have begun a new walk in the faith. So I was given the name Joshua. And uh, my father is Amara. This morning, I just want to share with you uh, something that really propelled my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and it comprised of my walk with him. I I believe that uh, you are actually getting my accent correct uh, so that, uh, you know, nothing misses you. Uh, So if... uh, if 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 you don't hear anything, uh, I'm here for your service. Just don't 
keep on wondering what is he talking about, you can do something like that, then I can just retract a little bit to make sure that everybody is taken on board. Because we are brothers and we are here for our benefit. So I know that it looks strange. Uh, perhaps uh, we are not used to one another. So uh, something might look strange, but the Spirit has prepared some things for us. You know, Paul admonishes the church in um, Corinth that they should do their things in decency and in order. So I will try my best as a minister of the gospel that uh, this encounter, our meeting here, must remain in history, but surely God did something through my visit, and God did something because I met you. I grew up, I was born and bred in a polygamous home. My father had many wives. Uh, So I never experienced love. In fact, I never had him telling my mother or me or other siblings the word I love you. So I grew up very bitter. I was so bitter. I tried to commit suicide three times, but I was rescued. The Lord really helped me. And that is why I want to teach a subject which I, have, I want to teach because it is through experience. It is through experience. And there is no makeup in it. There is no uh, something, you know, that can make it to look good than the way I experience it. Because I lived with the resentment in my life. Though I became a Christian at an early age, but uh, I, became, I, I realized later that you can, I cannot go this way. Because it was too much on me, too tall on me, and I hated everybody, especially my father. And then I included my mother, who struggled so hard, so much, to make sure that we had food. And I can say, we were the poor of the poorest. If there was somebody that was poor, then they could be number two, but we were the first so, uh, in that condition, you know, uh, when the Lord met me, when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, then I had it within me that I had a lot of things. So, I was given a biblical reference that I want to base my teaching today upon. And that is uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Verses 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23. My subject is going to be forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is not theory. It is like prayer. There are things that we can learn. And there are things that, you know, best preachers or best orators can talk about. Like motivating you. But forgiveness cannot be learned in school. Forgiveness is something that you have to practice it. 
in order to realize it. It is something that you have to experience firsthand, like it happened to me. Are we together? So, uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 4, verses 23. Uh, yes, the Bible says, Keep your heart with all vigilance. From it flows the spring of life. I like King James as a student of the Bible, but then that one is not far from it. Life spring forth flows from within your heart. And it is amazing that in your heart where your life begins, that is where unforgiveness sits. Resentment sits there. So you can do what you want to do. You can say what you want to say. You can speak what you want to speak. You can say what you want to say. And you can even maybe swear that you will never forgive. You will never trust. You will never do this. You will never. But then that one will be an obstruction. It will be a hindrance that whatever is supposed to flow or to spring forth from there is hindered. So it is for your own benefit for you to check about yourself, about what the Bible says, and you know your condition. This is not condemning anybody. It is not a position where anybody is telling anybody that you have to do it anyway. It is you who is to sit down to see that whatever you've taken in board is good for you or is it bad for you. And if you are a Christian, what does the Bible say? Why I like Christianity or why I like the Bible is that everything that we have, every question that we cannot solve in this life, every question that has no answer, we can find them in the Bible. There is nothing that is not covered. The Bible says it is written. That all scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is benefit. It is benefiting us for instruction, teaching, correction, building, etc., etc., so that you as a person you be perfected. So that you as a person you move from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Only if you are there, you understand, you take on board. These days, people really love what doesn't love them. That is what they take on board. Yes, the Bible says, according to John chapter 3, verses uh, 16, it is well known. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you look at the life today, people are struggling and they truly love what doesn't love them. They live the lover with this love, but take on board what doesn't not love them. In fact, what should be their allies become their enemy instead of accepting what God wants them to accept. Sorry to deviate a little bit on love, but that is not my subject. My subject today is forgiveness. 
you will agree with me, brothers and sisters, that almost 90% of diseases that are people are struggling with is a makeup of the heart. They are spiritual. If you go to an hospital, doctors, clinical doctors will tell you that this kind of disease is clinical and another one is spiritual. Are we together? They will tell you that this condition is clinical and this one is spiritual. How do you differentiate them? Which means that something which is a spiritual has a spiritual solution. That is something which is clinical, need clinical solution. Now, when the Bible says that from within the heart spring forth the virtues of life, then you need to keep it. Something that you need to take care of more than your money in the bank, which is already taken care of, more than your insurance policy, which you know you are covered. But you have to make sure that whatever is coming to your heart is thoroughly sieved, then is guided and guarded for your own safety. Can we say amen? So, here comes the case. What happened to me? After being so bitter, with a lot of resentment, with a heart which is full of junk, I kept what I should not have kept. I loved bitterness and resentment instead of the love of God. So I tried to commit suicide, which was not my portion in Christ. My portion in Christ is to experience that which is called everlasting life. The love of the Father is vertical. It comes this way. Then when we try to reach one another, we don't reach them with those resentment in our soul. We reach them horizontally exhibiting the love of God, because the Bible says, from within us, bubbles spring forth the water of life. That is according to John. So, I struggle. I really did. But then, God, in his gracious way, he came for my rescue. Because I found out that my heart is not a junkyard where people would throw things. And I keep them. A church, like now we are in a fellowship, what happens is that many good things are thrown at us via singing, via preaching, but we don't take them on board. What will people will take? How somebody looked at you, how they winked at you, how they don't like you, how you, you hate yourself, and so you take what you should not have taken back home. What you need to take because you are not meant to keep things which are not good for you. Yes, like I said, 90% of diseases that are happening now, they are as a result of resentment and forgiveness. For example, if somebody is suffering from ulcers, God forbid that you should not suffer from it. Where is it coming from? It is because you take too much. You become hyper and it begins from your heart 
and it uh, uh, being manufactured. And when it comes to your mouth, when it comes to your head, when it comes to your brain, things cannot work that way. It is like mm, it is like a, a wreck on a highway. A wreck on a highway. We call it accident on a highway. What happens if in a highway there is a wreck? And those cars are not restored. They are not uh, towed. They are not uh, taken away. They are not moved. There will be uh, what we call traffic jam because there is no flow. It is the same thing with our heart where the virtues of life flows out. Your heart, when your heart is clogged, even your heartbeat rate begins to, in, to uh, be work abnormally. You will agree with me. Because... They are not reconciling. Whatever is in your head does not reconcile with what is in your heart. So it will be clogged and you will say that you have abnormal heart rate. You have abnormal sugar. You have abnormal this, abnormal that, abnormal that. How are you going to stabilize them? It is by keeping what comes in your heart as a person. That is your benefit. It is for your benefit. It is for your health. It is for your spiritual growth. So forgiveness is very important. God in his infinite nature, when he wanted to accept both the Jews and the Gentiles, he worked through grace to forgive the entire world. He just did not open himself so that anybody can do anything without being forgiven. So, many people, I, I, uh, for the sake of time, I will just uh, 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 go very quickly. Like in some, I have written a book in this. Unfortunately, my, book, my books got banned immediately after Corona. So, I didn't carry any. But I wrote a book on this because I have helped hundreds of people with this message. The world is sick because people are bitter. Churches are sick because people are bitter. Families cannot talk to one another. Relationships are breaking apart not because you become ugly more than you were 10 years ago. It is because the devil has brought miscommunication and is preaching another message which should not be there. People are not here for reasoning. They cannot reason because they have a lot. They have what has been accumulating in their hearts. Somebody would surprise you that you know why I'm not happy. It is because when we were dating uh, 30 years ago, you said this and I kept it. You did that and I kept it. You did that and I kept it. So today it is enough. So I'm saying enough is enough. And then that thing is not going to be there. So you see, people keep what they should not keep within themselves. Amen. So the message that I preach to you today is to be free from resentment is to be free from anything that you put in your heart which should not be there you work so hard you pray so hard and you have been a christian for so long that 
you should not be. Your progress should not be hampered with one small thing which is in your power to reject, even to accept. You have to make sure that you have a seething system, a seething system. I don't know how to you, you pronounce it. You know, when you, when you brew tea or coffee, there is a seething system uh, so that you don't have, a, a, you know, those big particles so that you, 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 you have a, a, a clear, a good tea. Your heart should have a seething system to take in only what belongs to you. Not to me, not to him, not to her, not to he. What belongs to you as a person, you will be very healthy. Nobody's going to deceive you. Um, I'm, I'm wondering why people believe hmm, doctors than they believe the Bible. But you know, for example, going to the doctor is not bad. But how are they going to treat resentment that is in you? How are they going to treat uh, that bitterness that you have? How are they going to uh, uh, treat that hyper? You know, you become hyper, hyper, road rage. How are they going to read? What they will do is what I'm telling you. Try to refrain yourself from argument. Try to don't, don't shout a lot, don't do this, don't do this, and they will give you a paper of this thickness. So before you get that paper, which tells you thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, make sure that you get that which is right here. And the Lord has provided it through the written word, Sola Scriptura, through the written word which becomes Rehema. From the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We have the Word that is mysterious, that change as per our situation, not as per our sin nature. The Word will change you and make you what you want to be. I want to go very fast to give you some few points here. Somebody can say, but what are you trying to say? Some things are very hard to forgive. And we hear these phrases, I can forgive, but I cannot forget. You're very right. You can forgive, but you cannot forget because scars will not go away, but wounds will heal or will be healed. Are we together? When wounds refuses to be healed, then that means you have not been you have not forgiven enough. But when that time comes, when you can just say, like Jesus said to Thomas, you doubt, you doubt it. Come, thrust your hand on the wound. And he didn't say it on the wound, he just said, thrust your hand on the print. The print means uh, there was a wound and uh, that scar is there. Thomas, even if you thrust your hand on it, I will not feel it because emphasis are all mine. Forgive me for that. Because he prayed on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. Why? Because they are so ignorant. They don't know what they are doing, whether they were fulfilling the scripture 
or they were doing it for another reason, but they did not know what they were doing. So forgive them. So when he was telling Thomas, thrust your hand, insert it with a thrust, so that you believe that it is me who was killed, buried, and is now alive. So it is like you are walking with that scar. You are disappointed in your teenage days. You are disappointed with your colleagues. You are disappointed. Maybe you are like me. I said to myself before I got born again that if my father died before me, I would travel to the funeral, ask for the opportunity to open the casket and spit on him as a sign that I so hated him. But you know what? Before he died in his 90s, I converted him to be a Christian. And uh, we have a church. At home. When you come, I will take you to my, where I was born. And you see, we have a church there. And when he died, it is me who conducted the funeral. You know, he abandoned us with my mother. He abandoned us with our... Though they were living in the same homestead, but we suffered a lot. Remember, you have a father in the same uh, homestead. Like in Africa, we have uh, little houses for wives. Yes. But nobody tells you, I love you. I never experienced the word. That is why I love Jesus so much. Because the word love was better described to me through the Bible, not through a human being. It is the Bible that helped me to understand the meaning of platonic love, the meaning of filial love, the meaning of agape love, but parental care was so much missing. So much missing. But then, when the Lord forgave my sins, and I also prayed that I should let go, shake it off, I have the scars. That is why I can talk about it. But I'm not walking up about going around with wounds. Many people, they still bleed from those things. Bleeding for long for those things that you say will not help you. Let the wound heal, but let the scar remain. Hallelujah. Let the wound heal, but let the scar be seen. And if somebody asks you, Oh, I can't, I can't imagine how you live with that man. That man is a beast. I can't believe how you, believe, you live with that woman. That woman is a beast. Yes, uh, you are talking right, but we are healed. Those things are no longer there, though you know how it was, uh, uh, it was a beast or it was whatever, calling each other's name. You know, people call each other's name until you think that they will never meet again. But that is why you are a Christian, so that you learn how to forgive, so that you learn how to take a phone and a call. Your mother, your father, you take offenses. So the Bible says, will not fail to come, according to Matthew chapter 18, from verse 7. Offenses will come. Offenses will come. People will offend you intentionally, just like Russian case with Ukraine. They are invading them whether people like it or not. Just imagine 50 years coming, somebody who's born today, 
their homes are bombed. Things, the parents or people are killed in a home. Maybe sometimes they die all, or some children are surviving. 50 years, 20 years, or 30 years, or 100 years. They will live with that kind of bitterness. You know, they will, and even if you tell them to forgive, they will not. But then, a time comes that when God will work on the situation, it's only God that can work on a situation or a condition like that. Then somebody would say, or will uh, speak in a conference and say, we have forgiven them. We have forgiven them. I told, I'm a black person, as you see. And uh, uh, the first time that I came to this uh, 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 country, I met some blacks. And so you see, some of them, they don't want to go to school. They don't want to do anything. And so they want to resent. They, 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 they try to bring their bitterness Eh? on whites, because whites mistreated them. Even somebody that runs away from grants that have been given to a college, money that have been given to them, and they are resenting something that they were not there. They cannot resurrect those people. They were not there when they were mistreating them. So they continue to pass on things that should not be passed on unnecessarily. Hallelujah. So it is taking them nowhere. It, take, it is taking them nowhere. So the, there is animosity. There is that uh, um, kind of uh, disunity. Yes, and I said and I told most of my friends that I know that this bitterness will not take you anywhere. Go back to school, learn. Work hard, get your money. And you will be healthy. But if you continue to do it, you continue to talk about apartheid. You continue to talk about care black what? Uh, things like that. That one is not going to help. People who need Christ, people who knows God, will always work towards reconciliation. We have been given, the Bible says, according to Paul, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. So that if there is somebody that has been damaged, that their heart is not functioning well because something went wrong somewhere, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And when you forgive, like you see, I'm heavily built. There was a time I feel like I was sick. I'm, I'm giving you my own testimony. So when I went to the hospital, the doctor told me, ah, watch your weight, watch whatever. And I said, I suffered a lot going without food, eating nothing. So now it is my time to eat and somebody is telling me to watch my weight. You see? And you need to watch it. But not because they have commanded. I watch it with pleasure. But not because I have a lot of resentment. Yes, it is now my time to ask my appetite to revenge. Because I went without food. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love that. So I'm telling us, brothers and sisters, that this time round, forgive. Somebody say forgive. Yes. Say forgive. Or forgive. No, I'm saying we have to forgive. We have to forgive. That's why I'm saying forgive, not forgive. 
not past tense, pastor. I'm saying a present tense continuous. We won't forget about what happens tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow you are so much damaged in your heart. Nobody knows about it. People have been asking you, what's going on with you? Oh, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. Fine, 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 fine. And everything is not fine. You are, somebody's thinking about divorce, somebody's thinking about committing suicide. You can be with a person now, and the next time, I'm not saying here, you can meet somebody that you know, and they have that camouflage, appearance, character. The next thing, they are dead. How? Suicide. And you say, I wish you told me. I wish you spoke. I wish you... The Bible says that before I confessed my sins, my bones were like cracker. My bones became so dry. When forgiveness sits in your heart, whether you don't you are struggling with your bills or you are struggling with your health. I'm telling you, it is the Bible, not a Pentecostal preacher or a charismatic hyper gospel. But this is very true. When God works in you, you become a new creation. Behold, things have passed away. Before I conclude, I just want to say that Forgiveness is the key. Jesus himself spoke about it. Many people, they wonder why they have prayed about something and it is not going through. They have struggled to pray, 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 pray. Even some have sneaked to visit people who are not of their faith and uh, they, they, they kind of, you know, cast the devil which is not seen on them, but there is no breakthrough. Do you know why Jesus said, if you forgive one another, according to Mark chapter 11, verses 25, would you uh, give it up uh, uh, very fast because I want to wind out. Mark 11, Mark 11, verses 25, <coughs> Max 11, Mark, Mark, not Matthew, Max 11, 25. The Bible says, if you forgive, then your Father in heaven will also be able to forgive you. Amen? Let me just grab my Bible. Excuse me. And read it as a testimony. The book of Mark chapter 11. Uh, for those of you who might not know, Mark in, is in Old Testament. Isn't it? <laughs> Mark is in New Testament. Amen. Mark 11, chapter 25. Yes. The Bible says... And when you stand praying, do what? Forgive. And when you stand praying, not if, your English is better than mine. If is conditional, but when, it is inevitable. 
it is a must. You must pray. But when you are doing it, yes, you must do the necessary. Do what? The necessary. And what is the necessary? Forgive. When you stand praying, not, not if you stand because you must pray. But when you stand praying, is there already. If you have anything against anyone, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Why? So that your father, where? In heaven, will also, it is guaranteed. There are things that when you do them, the Lord says, he will just follow suit. It is because God has done so much, but we have done so little to meet him where he wants to meet us. God is doing so much for you and for me. And in fact, he gives us an examination which is set for us. And he gives it with answers. But still, we fail to get the answer. <laughs> what are we? And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. So that your Father in heaven will also forgive. Like I was saying about Matthew. Offenses will come. But if those offenses come... That is not your problem. He who brings them will be answerable. It is necessary that offenses will come. And when those offenses come, God has guaranteed that he will deal with the offender, not you. He has promised it. So do your part. And there is this arithmetic equation which really confused Peter, he said, he went to the Lord and he said, how many times, Father? Because people offend me every day. Maybe he was saying something like that. They offend me every day. You know, people get offended. Even your body can offend you. Somebody say that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting overweight. So you begin offended. You begin to be, become offended. Yes, you, you get offended. You get offense in everything. This world, people get offended in so many ways. So he said, how many times should my brother come to me? And I forgive them. He said, seven times, 72. That is impossible. Which means you must live your life uh, resentment free. Not in heaven, here on earth. If you don't know how to pray, pray the Lord's prayer, which is your prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Forgive us our debtors. We forgive our debtors. For thine is the kingdom. I have missed some, but you know it. Yes, forgiveness is embedded there. Daily supplies is there. Glorifying the Lord is there. He takes all the glory because he has done well for us. Can we stand up for a word of prayer?
Almighty God, Father, I want to thank you for this time and opportunity that you've given to us. Thank you for this wonderful people. Lord, I've delivered what you wanted me to deliver in a way that can be understood by everybody. And I pray that if somebody is here today, Lord, work on them, work on their hearts. I was not there when you were creating them, so you know what is missing. And I pray that you work on it in a very silent, good way, so that one day they will actually say, the Lord has done it for me. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the leadership of this church. Thank you for the praise and worship team. Thank you for uh, the media men and even for the pastor, anybody. And I thank you for myself. Take all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray and believe. Amen. May God bless you all.